podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to your Celtic State of Mind Friday bulletin. It looks like so of any day now, Brendan Rogers is going to sign. The signing looks imminent. I thought it was going to be yesterday. I thought we were going to get it live. We might get it live today, but I'm joined to talk all things Brendan Rogers and all things Celtic with Brian Dignan, Lloyd Jepson, and Jerry Taylor. I want to start with you, Brian. I don't think you've had a chance to really talk about Rogers since it since he became the sort of clear standout candidate. But Esker's fallen to the wayside. Looks like he's going off to Leicester. I don't know if it's official yet, but it looks like Brendan's going to be the man, highest paid manager in Celtic's history. Has your opinion changed at all on Brendan since he left? Have you sort of come around and warmed to the idea since it looked like we're getting Rogers 2.0? Um, so there's two ways of looking at it. So my opinion on Rogers and the way he left hasn't really changed. I thought he was sort of poor. I thought, you know, the way it was handled was bad, but at the time, I also blamed Peter Lowell just as much. I thought that I understood Brendan's frustrations at the time, but I thought he could have handled it in a better way, as could have Lowell. So I'd sort of, I didn't go into call him a rat and all that sort of stuff. I really did it, but also I, I wasn't hugely enamoured with the way it happened. In terms of just as a manager, though, if you're being realistic about it, He's a manager that, that transformed us when he came. I mean, he really did. The, the, the sort of behind the scenes, the technical aspect of it, the data science, the coaching all improved massively. Um, and I think any sort of residual disappointment I have about Rogers leaving is more to do with the fact that he took half the backroom team with him and the data scientists and sports scientists and all that stuff. And he left the club in a bit of a shambles, really. Now, that's as much Celtic's fault because we depended too much on the sort of the manager and his view, and that was it. Um, and then, so, so that's sort of where I'm at just now. I think that what we need to do as a club, regardless of how successful Rogers is or not, is we need to plan for him leaving again because, as sure as anything, the first time, second time, maybe the third time somebody down south bats their eyes at him, he will leave again. That's inevitable. What we have to do is enjoy him while he's here, hope for his success, but make a plan in place so that in future seasons, whether it's Ange, Brendan Rodgers, anybody else, Celtic Football Club are beholden to the whims of a manager. It should be the other way around. So that's kind of where I'm at. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes, but I, I need Celtic to improve in the background and the continuity, um, and then I'll be a bit happier, I think. I think that's part of the reason why Brendan was so successful at Celtic at the first time. It's because he was the all-powerful. He had the say over everything from what went on on the part to the football and infrastructure behind the scenes. So I'm going to come to you with this one, Lloyd. Do you think Brendan being back in charge of all of that again, do you think he would? he's an improvement on Ange Postacoglu? I think, personally, Brendan Rodgers is a better quality of manager. And he's got the similar qualities to Ange. He's very charismatic. He sort of tells things how they are. 
you think he's an improvement on Ange? And I'll give you the same question as I asked Brian, if you think he's, uh, have you warmed to him at all since he last left us? Since he last left us, I'm kind of now starting to come to terms with it. Um, obviously with the news kind of breaking that he's the leading candidate for the job and meant to be appointed any day now, then you, you kind of, you look back in hindsight now and you go, did he leave at the wrong time? Yeah. Was it right taking the whole backroom team overnight and just jumping ship? No, but at the same time, what he brought that first time round was probably some of the best times I've ever had being a Celtic supporter. So those memories you'll never you'll never forget them at, at all. So if you could come back in and replicate that, then you're going to be excited about what's to come. Is he a better manager than Ange? I kind of had this discussion with somebody the other day as well. Um, tactically, I think he is. Um, but man management and that, I think Ange might just have the upper hand in that one. And also transfer market dealings as well. Recently, you've kind of seen me what Ange has done in the transfer market. Some he's got right, some he's not. But Brendan Rodgers, when he took full control the last time, kind of, and then the second, third season, it kind of doubt that the club was taking control of transfers again. So you kind of look at that aspect as well and think, right, if Brendan's taking control this time, then we could be really in for good times ahead. I think I made the point yesterday that when Rodgers had the full backing from the board, when he had the money to spend, the signings were spot on. You were getting guys like Scott Sinclair and Moussa Dembele coming in, who were coming in and producing the goods. The team only started to go downhill towards the end where he wasn't getting the players he wanted. He was getting Yusuf Lumbu instead of John McGinn. But the reports from Stephen McGowan, he's saying Rodgers will get £30 million that Andrew's going to get in the transfer market, as well as getting the full control of the football infrastructure at Celtic again. Do you think, I'm going to come to you for this one, Jay, do you think Brendan Rodgers in full control, do you think it provides a bit of continuity to what Ange brought to Celtic in the first place? That was a key talking point amongst fans when we were first thinking of who could replace Ange. We wanted someone that would play attacking football, someone that would be very similar to Ange. Do you think there should be a transitional period when Rodgers comes in, or do you think it should just be playing sale and he's been here before and he's been successful before he knows the place do you think there'll be a transitional period expected? I don't think there'll be too much of a transition to be honest, they're, they're both attacking I know that Ange's got his own way with the inverted full bags and things like that but Rogers is inheriting a team that are so professional and willing to do whatever a manager asks of them and I think with the attacking team that we've got, I just think it's a match made in heaven. He's coming into definitely a better team than what he left us with. He's got a bigger network now that he's been down at the EPL again for a few more years. I don't know, I just think, for me, at first I was shocked when I heard that he was going to come back. I never thought it. I'm the same as yourself, so I wasn't ever in the rat category. I was in the you've really hurt my feelings category and I'm never going to talk to you again. Not that I know him. But <laughs> I just think as soon as it started to become a possibility, I was like, yes, this is going to soften the blow better than any other name I think they would have given. Genuinely believe that. And I think, he, I'm hoping, I know you're saying maybe a couple more years, the first sniff at another Premiership team or someone in the Liga or anything like that, Boomy will be away. I'm kind of hoping that he's, when he's been away, he's regretted a lot of it. He's went down south and went, I'm not getting treated like the legend that I did when I was at Celtic. Um He's got unfinished business in Europe. And I, I'm hoping he's coming to go, do you know what? 
I'm coming here for a good few years. I want I want a statue. Um, if he's getting the promises for the Champions League as well for the kitty, it's exciting. And I think I know he's he's recording the Champions League wasn't great, um, but he's taking over a better squad. They had a good they got a good crack at it last season. I know that we get bumped a few times, but I think it was just a matter of missed chances last season in the Champions League for us. And I mean, when we held Real Madrid for sixty minutes, and a lot of them hadn't even played in that competition, so. They've all had a shot at that. With Rogers coming back, with the knowledge he's got, the experience he's got, I, I, I'm getting really excited about it. But that's what's killing me, because I keep saying, right, when we get a new manager in, I, I just bury my head in the sand and go, he's never going to leave. He's never going to leave. I did it with Rogers, and then when Ange came, when I'm not getting that attached, but I did. I buried my head in the sand that deep with Ange. I could see his house in Australia, man. It was. I'm just not doing it again. I don't want to get my hopes up. So when they come in, if he comes in. Uh, I think we enjoy him, see how it goes, don't get our hopes up and let's just pray that he takes us to where we want to go. I feel like as Jerry was mentioning there about the Champions League, the performances, there was promising signs. The results weren't there last season, but you could tell, because when we left the Champions League, we finished bottom of the group, but the talk from the fans was, we'll have another go at this next season, how we've had the experience now, because... A lot of the players, it was their first Champions League. I think maybe Cal McGregor and Joe Hart were the only players in the squad who had played and been through a Champions League campaign before. So with Brendan Rodgers coming in, you, you would think he would want another crack at it. He might have had a bit of regrets about leaving Celtic. We saw a clip being unearthed a few weeks ago of Rodgers saying how he would go out to Celtic in a heartbeat. And that was in a club media interview with Leicester. So there's clearly an affiliation there, still there with Rodgers and Celtic. But He's going to be backed very strongly financially this time if reports are to be believed. So I wrote an article for the Axon blog yesterday about expectation when Rodgers comes in. How are your expectations, Brian, for uh, Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team? Are you expecting um, some the same domestic dominance, another treble on the cards, uh, some European progress? Because with the money he has, surely the expectations are risen a little bit. Surely you've got to think we could perhaps do something in Europe. What would be your expectations for Brendan Rodgers next season? It's European success. I think Europe has to be the benchmark for how we progress. I think Kev Game and I said that a while ago that Scottish football is going to take care of itself. If you can compete in Europe, you win the Scottish League. But if you just prepare to win the Scottish League, you're going to get battered in Europe. And I think that has to be where the success... Now, I'm not expecting them to necessarily getting into the last 16 right away. I'm not expecting him to, to win the Europa League right away, but I do expect us to be in the conversation for at least getting out of group stages, for at least getting to semi-finals of Europa League, Conference League, no Champions League. I don't think that's within our grasp. Uh, but it has to be there. I mean, you mentioned earlier about who's the sort of better manager, Andrew Rogers. I think if you'd asked people two months ago, it would have been Ange. I think you'd ask people now, they're saying Rogers because Rogers is coming in. I think if you look at Angie's performances in Europe, they were excellent. However, the results were poor. If you look at Rodgers, he tactically, you saw him tweaking things during games a bit more. And he didn't have a great win record, but we did get draws twice against Man City and against Bayern Munich. Now, that seems so far away from where we're at now. So he has got a bit of pedigree there. Um, I, th- I think the comparison between the two is a wee bit unfair. I think they're quite different. I think they're both excellent coaches and they're both good man managers. Um, 
it would just be interesting to see how the, the, the football style is. Um, but again, he's, when you look at the squad that Ange walked into compared to what Brendan's going to walk into, it's night and day, as Jerry touched on. We've got a really good squad. I think a squad that needs improvement. You know, I think I think it was going to be a, big, a busy summer anyway before Ange left and Rogers coming in and whatever else is happening. I think there was a lot of work to get done. So we'll see how that works out. And I think it'd be a real true test of Nicholson as a CEO as well. Because as I mentioned at the start, part of Rogers leaving and the, the poor transfer record was because Law was sort of overriding and giving them players to work with as opposed to letting him pick the players. Nicholson, so far as a CEO, has had an excellent record in my opinion. I think his transfers have been really good. They've been done on time. Like a good referee, you don't really need to talk about much because he doesn't involve in anything. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the same with Rogers. And if it is the same, Rogers should thrive and he shouldn't have any excuses this time. Yeah, it's a good point you make. Andrew's spoken quite a lot about how he had a good relationship with Michael Nicholson. That's sort of evident by how quickly the transfers were done and the money that was spent. A lot of the money, we make the point, it was made from the player sales of guys like Odds and Edward and Christopher Iyer, guys like that. But the money was still there to spend. Andrew was still able to buy a number of players for around four or five million pounds and they were all hits. So it'd be interesting to see if Brendan Rodgers could have a similar sort of success rate with the war chest that he'd be given. But it's hard to find a balance between sort of expectation and then what is realistic. Because if you were to ask me what my expectations would have been of an Ange Postacoglu team in Europe this season, I would have said perhaps third place in the Champions League group and then maybe win two or three knockout rounds. But is that still even asking too much considering we've only won one knockout tie in my lifetime? That was 2004. Way back then. You were 14, to be fair, James. I'll come to you on this one, Lloyd. What would be a realistic expectation for Celtic in Europe then? Would be asking to get out of the group be too much? Would I don't, I don't think it would. Europa League? No, I don't think it would. I think the, the squad's settled at the minute anyway. If you, as always, you're looking to bring in two, maybe three quality players into that squad. Obviously, some players will leave. So the squad's settled. So expectation for Europe should be at least trying to get that third spot, drop down into Europa League and then go a decent run. I mean, I'm not ready to book up Dublin yet, but if you do get a chance, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a lovely city. Yeah, we've been left in a really healthy position. The team and has left us. The atmosphere around the squad and amongst the fans, it was absolutely fantastic. So that's why part of my worry with Brendan Rodgers coming in was would it bring a bit of a toxic environment back to Celtic, a bit of a toxic atmosphere when there's so much unity between the fans and the squad. Even the board won't get that much stick from the fans over the last two years with Ange being at the club. But... The Rogers deal, as much as it seems like it's going to be anytime soon, it is still kind of dragging on a bit. Jerry, you get any sort of PTSD from Eddie Howe here? You think it would be an ultimate way to stick it to us from Brendan Rogers? Imagine, man. Imagine. No, I've absolutely written down my notes this morning getting heavy Eddie Howe vibes. If it doesn't go through today, it's next week. I just. Aye. Like you say, it's PTSD. It genuinely is. It all looks like it's happening, but we've been here before. We've been here before a few times, even with, with Turnbull, as uh, it was mentioned on the show the other day. It's like it's never over the line until it's over the line. I don't know if the rest is. I'm actually, my phone's down at my foot and I'm using my toe to scroll to, <laughs> to just check Twitter every now and again to see if there's been any updates. Um, I don't even know what the original question was there now. I, I'm getting PTSD. I hope it doesn't drag out too much. If it is, what's, is there a plan B or is it going to be a case of 
thinking they're going to get lucky again because, like I've said previously, we did get lucky with Ange, I feel. Um, I don't know. I can smell it in there, though. I think we're close. I feel like that Ange deal did really fall into our laps. It was the biggest stroke of luck that the Celtic board could have had. But Stephen McGowan's saying that the reason the Rodgers deal might be dragging on a bit is to do with John Kennedy. It's a tug of war between Brendan Rodgers and Ange Postacogo. I'll come to you with this one, Brian. John Kennedy's taken a lot of flack from Celtic fans over the last few years, but I think a lot of that's attributed to what he managed the team at the end of that 10-in-a-row season. It was a bad position that he took over the club in. If he had prospects as a manager, you wouldn't want to be taken over from that position. John Kennedy, a dream scenario, would have wanted to be taken over now when the club's in this healthy position, but it was a team with a broken mindset. The club was in the worst state it's been in over two decades. And I think that's not a good stick to beat John Kennedy with. All the players he's worked with, I've only got good things to say about him. All the top managers, world-class managers, who could easily imagine the top six in the English Premier League, are, have been picking up John Kennedy. All he's had is praise. Do you think John Kennedy's underrated or a bit underappreciated by Celtic fans? I think he's clearly underrated. I mean, if you think Rogers tried to take him with him when he when he took everybody to Celtic initially, he tried to take Kennedy. And you think Ange wants to take him. He's been offered, I think he was offered the Hearts job, I think he was offered the Hibs job. He's clearly a man who's highly rated. I think that, so I've been kind of reflecting on this a wee bit and I was looking at an article I wrote a while back during um, Lenny's last season when it was going south and I think that the, the, the reason it was so toxic because everybody was getting excited was so angry right about the, the season the performance but no one could you couldn't go to the game and express it because you were stuck in the house during Covid so you could only go on Twitter and express it so everyone that you could target was getting it so we wanted rather Gavin Strachan Kennedy Lowell Lennon the board but I think actually people probably would look back and say that was my baby bit of an overreaction because I think given the reaction people have had now and not wanting to go and wanting to stay as part of that team, I think shows that, much like Rogers, the, the stance has softened a lot um, on, on John Kennedy. We're, we're an emotional bunch. Our Celtic fans, we, we, get, we, get, we get a bit excited. It's either um, the best day in the world or the worst. And I am the worst for it. That's why I don't do pre and post matches anymore because I, I get too hyped <laughs> up. And I, I, I need to always edit myself, either swearing or jumping for joy or declining some of the best player in the world. So... Um, I, I think there's a, a bit of that, but you know, long long answer to your question. But I think Johnny Kennedy's clearly a good coach. I think he's got a good relationship with the players. Rogers obviously rates him, and I think for the players that are there who don't know and uh, don't know Rogers, I think having Kennedy there would be good. I think you know because he does take training under when Andrew's there, you know, so they've got a good relationship. And I think you'd imagine the training won't be too dissimilar to what Rogers is going to do. I think also the system will be slightly different with the inverted fullbacks, yada, yada, yada. But the actual intensity of training, the, the dynamics of pressing approach, the high tempo, I'd imagine there'll be similarities there. And I think John Kennedy would be key for that. Yeah, you make a good point there with John Kennedy. Even someone like Cal McGregor, who knows Brendan Rodgers has worked with him, Brendan Rodgers was, he helped transform Cal McGregor into the players today, along with other players, I think a lot of the players, they would know the quality of Brendan Rodgers anyway, just from, he's, he's a big name manager, he's a deadline name manager, but having someone like Kennedy to sort of reaffirm the players would be good. It's a Plus, good point. From, as well, James, sorry, I think you remember as well as, 
it guarantees Diane McGrain a job. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point oh, for Eddie FC here. It's funny how we're looking at Rogers and comes in and steals Chris Davies. You think it would be the other way around here, but on the point I'm, of and perhaps poaching people, it's he's po- trying to poach the staff. We've heard about John Kerry, Gavin Strachan, Harry Kuehl might even join him. I'll come to you on this one, Lloyd. Do you think there should be a bit more criticism of Van for trying to take some of the staff? Because that was part of the same reason that Brendan Rodgers took a lot of stick in the first place, not just because he left the team midway through the season with a trip to Tynecastle and a treble-treble still to be wrapped up, but because he did build up the infrastructure, but then he took part of it with him on his exit. Do you think Anne should take a similar sort of bit of stick from the fans as Rodgers did? You could kind of see why maybe he could, I suppose. Um, I'm, personally, I'm not going to give him any stick for it. If, if he wants quality coaches and his background staff, then you can't blame him because normally he doesn't take coaches with him anywhere he goes. So obviously he sees something in John Kennedy and Gavin Stratton that they're doing their jobs correctly. Because you look at John Kennedy as well, he's been with Celtic since he was a player and ever since he had to retire and he's been right through that coaching system. And he's worked under Dyla, Lennon, Rogers. Aye. Dyla, Lennon, Rogers, Lennon again, and then obviously Ange. So to work under all those managers, he's obviously got something about when when Gavin Strachan came in, he was highly rated as well for Peterborough. So these guys are quality at their job, and I don't actually blame Ange if he's wanting to look at them and take them with him, but hopefully they do stay under Brendan when he comes in eventually. No, those coaches have played a key part and Celtic's rebuild under Ange. It's, they're all very highly rated, and they've been Ange's sort of key guys, his go-to guys when he's been at Celtic. And if, if he tries to take them with him, there's a reason Celtic have got that cause in. And it was because the man that we're bringing in now, it's all his fault that Celtic have this cause in, but the staff aren't the only people being linked away. You've got Rio Hitati and Kyogo have, been bo- have both been linked to join Ange at Spurs. I'll come to you on this one. Jerry Ange, he's got history, he's got previous for taking players with him to clubs. He took Dyson Maeda and Tomoki Awata with him here to Celtic. Do you think there's anything in that? Do you think Kyogo and Hatati could go? Are they top six Premier League quality? Definitely, I think so. I definitely think so with Hatati and Kyogo. Um, Kyogo's movement in the EPL, I just think, would be a sight to behold. He's also said as well, Ange, in interviews, that who was it they bought from the same club from Japan? But he bought them separate. Oh, Kyogo and Kobayashi got both oh. of them from Vissel Kobe. I think at one point he says he wanted them both, but out of respect, he didn't want to take two of their best players straight away. So he did it. He dragged it out instead. Um, just quickly going back to, like, I always think it's funny with this. Um, he's took the coaching staff with them as well, as if he's going to bust through the dressing room door with a gun saying, right, you're all coming with me. I think a lot of them would have been like, you're, you're going to Tottenham, any chance I could come? Or Leicester, can I come with you? I think it's it's not just the manager, it's they, they're a team. And as a team, mm-hmm. they probably all talked about it before it even happened and they wanted to go. So I, I'd never hold that. I'm more annoyed at the players getting taken off, as like you say, like apparently Rogers coming in from Callum McGregor, Callum McGregor. And had he succeeded, I don't think... Would be the polls would be eighty percent in favour of Rogers right now because if we'd lost Callum McGregor to the EPL, we'd have lost him forever because there was no chance he wasn't just going to go bigger and bigger and better and better. So luckily that was knocked back. Um, I think Kyogo will. 
everyone talks about it that he was the star boy. I think there was an interview with some of the players with Greg Taylor and they said, Who's the, the pet? And they were like, <laughs> Um so I reckon he's gonna definitely be one of the first he goes in for. Will he get in for McGregor? Don't know. Or will it be one of these curveball ones that you never think about? Just comes in for I don't know, Ralston. <laughs> Well, Dyson Maida is one of his sort of most trusted players. He's one of the players that I have a bit of question marks about under Brendan Rodgers because if Ange Ball was a footballer, it would be Dyson Maida. He's made and built for Ange Postacoglu's system. But with Ange leaving and going to Spurs, it lets us know that there's always a danger that these players can leave. Ange said, don't get too attached to some of the heroes at the club. We didn't know he was talking about himself there. But there's always the threat that these players can go to the Premier League. I'll come to you with this one, Brian. Do you think if do you think we could see some players leaving in this summer? Some of our key players, and if so, who do you think could be out the door? I think we'll see players leave, certainly. I'm not 100% sure anybody's going to Tottenham. I think, if I'm really honest and really brutal, I think the only player that walks into the Tottenham team would be Kyogo. Purely because of his movement under Ange. I think if you look at a player that's tailor-made to be a striker in Ange's team, it's Kyogo. It's not to say that nobody else would have the ability, but I just don't see anybody walking straight in and improving Tottenham at this stage. If I'm really honest, I think Hitati could, but no yet. I think Abada could, but no yet. Same for Jota. Maybe McGregor, but I don't see him leaving. And I don't think Ange would, would, would take him. I think he would know he wants to see him you see things so he seems like a bit of a lifer, does Callum. What I'm more excited about instead of players leaving is, you know, players that may stay. So I, I've always been a bit of a fan of Abada, and I think Abada under Rogers could be quite special. So I'd be interested to see, because a lot of the rumours that he's going, but actually with Rogers coming in, with a guy at his age reconsider, I think guys like him, Jota, could really flourish. I think Matt O'Reilly will be a key player under Rogers. So I'm really excited to see, because if you look at one of the things that Rogers was excellent at was, was developing players. You look at when he came in first, he signed Scott Sinclair and Dembele. But that was really it. And we were an invincible treble. He made Stuart Armstrong an absolute exceptional player. He got the best out of Rogic, probably, or the second best, and probably got the best overall. Um, he transformed Scott Brown's career. So if you look at some of the players at Celtic now, who are quality, but maybe not quite there, I think guys like Hitati, O'Reilly, Abada, Shorter could all flourish under Rogers. So, I'm kind of very excited about that, but yeah, I do expect, I expect Joe Hart to probably go, I expect Matty to probably go, I expect Abada to go, and then I think basically everyone that's out in loan just now will be moved on, and then probably Stephen Welsh and Turnbull as well, um, unless they've reconsidered, uh, they reconsider because Rogers is coming in, so a big summer irrespective. Yeah, I don't think we've got a very busy summer ahead. If you're just looking at the squad on paper, I think a lot of Celtic's transfer business depends on who leaves the club. I think, as you mentioned, Leo Labada has been heavily linked with Ajax. He changed his agent. He switched from Tudu Dahan to the same agent that Josip Juranovic has. And that is coincidentally came at the same time as Abada's getting linked away with all these clubs. And you've got the chairman of the Israeli FA coming out and saying that he wants to leave. So it's Ajax is the heavy link club, but we've got a lot of comments coming in here. Pat Doan, I'm getting how vibes dragging on too much. Bottom line, all managers are now mercenaries. Either two or three years then away is the model. We need a director of football structure to mitigate this. All the director of football structure was coming in, it was really around before Ange got appointed. But when Ange came in, he really took 
free range. Stephen Donnelly weighed in here. I hope he does not come in for Cameron Carter-Vickers. That was the player I was thinking of, of someone who could go to Spurs. Because mm-hmm. if there's any player in this Celtic team that would fit at that level the best, it would be Cameron Carter-Vickers. And Spurs need a centre-back. Lloyd, do you think there's any real danger of some of our big players going to the Premier League? Um, it's Would they fit into certain teams, top six teams? I'm not too sure. So you're maybe looking at mid-table teams, maybe like your Brightons, your West Ham's, things like that. Guys like Kyogo, Jota, I think they'll probably stay. But like Brian says, like say Abada and O'Reilly and such, I think might be moved on because obviously they might be looking to progress their career now. So I don't see any major big names like Cameron Carter-Vickers or that going. Yeah, there's been talks of Matt O'Reilly. Fabrizio Romano has been linking him with a move away, but I don't really buy into rumours like that until there's a concrete club named. If they're just linked with English Premier League or linked with German Bundesliga, no clubs are named. I don't really tend to trust those sources. And I'd like to think if Matt O'Reilly stays at Celtic, as Brian mentioned, a lot of the players that Brendan Rodgers really developed and improved, they were all midfielders. Transformed Mm -hmm. Scott Brown. He turned Stuart Armstrong into a sort of fully flowed Scotland international. Then he turned Cal McGregor into the Mr. Consistent Celtic captain that he is today. So I think Matt Christie as well. Ryan Christie as well. He would get a real rub, Matt O'Reilly, from Brendan Rogers. He could really improve. There's a lot of other players I think could improve. I think Ohyun Gyu could be a real wild card. Because I made the point in my blog post when Brendan Rogers first came into Celtic, Lee Griffiths was just off the back of a 40 goal season. It would be hard to drop or even replace someone who's just scored 40 goals. And Brendan, he did that. He made the bold decision to go out and get Moussa Dembele and start him over Lee Griffiths. So Brendan Rodgers, he doesn't shy away from doing something like that. So do you think there could be perhaps a bit of competition for minutes between O and Kyogo? Because O, he is a lot similar to the strikers Rodgers likes. He likes someone a bit stronger, very good technically. And I think O is more similar to Dembele and Edward than Kyogo is. So I think O could be in for a big season under Brendan Rodgers. But I'll come to you, Jay. Do you think there's any other players who could sort of see a real improvement, uh, maybe a new lease of life under Hopefully. Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, man. Like, like you say, the midfield, I'm hoping that maybe Brendan Rodgers can take Aaron Moy and totally change his interview technique so they're not an absolute nightmare <laughs> to watch. Uh, <laughs> see if he can work. He's not that magic, is he? Uh, I, touching on what you said about O, I'm really excited about him next season. I think he's done everything he's been asked to do. He's missed a few chances, but Kyogo missed a lot of chances as well. Um, I think he was still bedding in. I, I don't know what it is. I've got a really good gut feeling about oh, that he's going to provide a lot of goals next season, if given the chance. But uh, like you say, he's very much in the style what Brendan Rodgers likes. I think players, I like looking at what players he could keep instead of what we're going to lose. Before I get to that, though, I think the writing will be on the wall for Joe Hart. I think everyone knows that if he does come in, because Rogers likes someone that can play with his feet. And I mean, he's got better Joe Hart, definitely, but it's still heart and mouth stuff. Um, so I think that will be one of the first. Uh, if Hitati stays, I'd love to see him under Rogers. Really love to see him. I mean, he's amazing right now, and if he makes players better for us, then I. Do you know what? See if somebody said to me, "No players are going out. No players are coming in. Rogers is in." I think I'd be happy. I'd genuinely be happy to see the same, that same bunch of players going playing under him and see how it goes. Wouldn't be as much fun and transfers coming in and out, but if somebody said we had to, I'd be happy with that. 
Northampton Tim's coming in here. I hope David Turnbull gets his chance. I've always been the sort of big admirer of David Turnbull. I've chatted about him on the podcast for a while. It's just he didn't really fit with Ange's style of system. He was really forced into the team when Ange first came in because there was no one else to play. He didn't have an Hatati or a Matt O'Reilly yet. And Turnbull's injury just came at the worst time. He got injured in that cup final. And that coincides with O'Reilly and Hatati coming in and taking his place. He's really just taking a back seat. Brian, do you think a move away for David Turnbull would be best? Because he'll have his own ambitions. He will want to be playing regularly for the Scotland national team. And he'll want to be playing regular football as well. Do you think a move away could be on the cards for him? I expected him to leave under Ange, but I hope he stays under Rogers because I think, and I think if see if you look at, I know he didn't fit Ange's system because of the sort of lack of new pace, but he's quite a big guy, Tumble as well. And I think in Europe, we're going to need physically sort of more imposing players as well. Like O'Reilly's just over six foot, I think Tumble's about six foot. Um, Vincent Zimori, Watters on the tallest, but he's an absolute unit. So there's a lot for a guy like Rogers to work with for he gets to Europe. So I think, and I think Rogers um, Turnbull as well. If you look at his goal scoring record to manage play, it's excellent. You know, considering he very really started this season, and I think there's a lot of potential in him. He's a player I really like, but you knew he was never going to be Angie's first choice just purely because of that, the way he likes to play. Um, I think if you look at the minute Rogic played under Rogers. When he had the option of other players, I think you can see that that's not much the emphasis. So I hope he gets, um, I hope he has um, sort of rejuvenated under him. I think it would be really beneficial for us. And again, to Jerry's point, in terms of, I think the squad, if nobody leaves, you'd be fairly happy. I still think, even with that, we need a new keeper. And I think we need a new centre back. That is a sort of minimum. But other than that, I'd be really happy to see. And I agree about O as well. I think what you might see is, because I remember, it looked as though before Dembele left, it was going to be Dembele and Odward. Uh, Odin Edward up front. <laughs> Odward, Odward, that's good, you know. Odward. Uh, um, it looked like it was going to be those two up front together. So you may find O and Kyogo play together in a, in a sort of five in midfield. So that could be exciting as well to see if there's any sort of changes with those two because I do think you know that could be a really good partnership. Well, I think I mentioned I don't think it's going to be a busy summer. I don't think the squad needs an overhaul. I think it's just more of improving the players that are starting because we've mentioned before we want to make progress in Europe. And if you want to be making progress in Europe, you've got to be brutally honest when you're assessing the squad. There is players that are good enough for Scottish football but aren't good enough for European football. There's a massive gap there and that's why we've struggled in Europe in recent years. So I agree with what you said about a centre-back, I think. We're going to take a lot of stick for this, but I think you can improve on Carl Starfelt if you want to really push on in Europe. You need a Cameron Carter-Vickers level centre-back to partner Cameron Carter-Vickers to push on in Europe. I think if a bad eye is going to be off, which I think he most likely will be, then a new winger will be needed. Part of the reason that we struggled finishing in the Champions League because Dyson Maida was missing a few big chances a game. I think there was a point in that Champions League campaign where we had... I think it was like the eighth highest expected goals out of every team in the groups. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were bottom of the league with, I think, perhaps the least goals scored. So it's been a real problem, but if we need to be brutally honest in assessing the squad, if you want to push on in Europe, I think a goalkeeper could be part of that as well. You need a goalkeeper. It's hard to find a real balance for a goalkeeper who's going to push Celtic on in Europe because they're going to be facing a lot of chances. So you need a top shot stopper, someone like a Fraser Forster, 
who can do a job in goals. But you also need someone that can play out from the back because the amount of times that we've been caught out trying to play from the back, especially under Brendan Rodgers, when he had Craig Gordon in goals. So I think a goalkeeper could be a real option. Lloyd, where do you think, if you were to pick a couple of positions where you would improve this Celtic team, where would your options be? I'd definitely pick a goalkeeper. Um, nothing against Joe Hart. I think he's been fantastic for us. But like you just said there, James, in Europe, you're wanting that short stopper. And it's, it all comes down to style play as well. Brendan likes possession style of play, so the keeper's going to always be involved in that, so you need a keeper that's also good with his feet I'd also go for a third striker as well, just in the off chance anything happens to or gets injured as well so you're kind of always wanting that backup and obviously if a bad you're looking at that right wing position as well because we've got enough cover over on the left so in the right wing's a bit bare with regard to just a bad in forest so those be the key positions I'm looking for this summer I don't think you'd want to be turning to James Forrest in a Champions League game. I know he's good exactly. for the for fitting the homegrown quota, but he's not really doing it in Scotland anymore against some of the mid-table Scottish teams. He looks off the pace. So a new right winger could really be something on the card. Something that I'm thinking about with Rodgers, what would he do with some of the youth players? Because I was thinking one of the only unfulfilled promises Ange had when he left Celtic was he didn't really improve the youth academy, didn't do much with the youth players, we had guys like Vat and Lawal waiting in the wings, even Ben Summers who never really got a chance Jerry, would you like to see a lot more of the younger players getting a chance under Rodgers Rodgers, if the reports were to be believed if he's wanting to improve the football and infrastructure, a big part of that is youth academy you think there'll be some progression there under Rodgers? 100% and I'll tell you what happened, see towards the end of the season when we'd won it so early on Ange actually picked going for these records instead of giving the younger boys a chance when it was all one. I was a big fan. I wanted I wanted them to give some of the youth a chance, give some of the fringe players a chance, if not to see if they can get better, if not to put them into the market. But he was focused on the goal of beating Brendan Rodgers. It was a Brendan's record. I just wanted to beat the record, yeah. beat the most goals scored, and it just fell apart from there. So I think he picked his own ego over the better of the team when it came to that, because I was dying to see more of Atta. There's just... I think I've not been as excited about a young player since James Forrest. I think. Not Kieran Tierney. Oh, that'll lie. <laughs> oh, man. I think we always just kind of knew with Kieran Tierney anyway. But it was like that first time I saw Forrest because I hadn't heard much about him and the song coming on scoring like home. I was like, who's this guy? And with that, I get the same kind of vibe. Summers, I think it's going to be a great, great player. Whether if they get the chance, I don't know if it's going to be a case of we need to hammer the league. If we've got Brendan, get it done as quickly as we can and then he'll start to implement them or has he got his own vision that he wants to get extra quality for the Champions League and try and get these young ones through? This seems you know, like in, Ferguson style. This seems like in recent years Celtic prefer to buy in the younger players then develop them at the club and then sell on. It's been a while since you've seen a youth player earn the opportunity. Kieran Tierney's opportunity came by chance. It was an injury allowed Kieran Tierney to get the opportunity show. If that injury never happened, who knows where Kieran Tierney would be. So it looks like nowadays it might take a big injury to a big player for a young player to get a chance, which it's not really a reality you want to be facing. You want these players to have earned these opportunities and get them. I've got Ray Sortiano winning in, weighing in here. We need a goalkeeper, a centre-back, a left-back and a striker. A left-back, I'm assuming that would be a backup one instead of Alexandro Bernabe. But Greg Taylor, you've got to think he would be staying in the team. But Brian, I'll come to you on this one. The new, the most recent player we've been linked with, Odin Thiago Holm, 
as a player. That's a midfielder. Jerry mentioned Aaron Moy. I think he could be in for a big season under Brendan Rodgers if these retirement rumours are false, which, fingers crossed, they are, because Aaron Moy, he never got a proper crack at the Champions League. I thought when he was playing, it was a 40% Aaron Moy. So Aaron Moy with a full pre-season we know he's got the quality to play at that sort of level. He played in the Premier League for a good few years. Do you think a fully fit Aaron Moy could do something in the midfield? And on Oden Holm, do you think another midfielder is really needed? It seems we've got a lot of players there already. Um, in terms of Aaron Moy, no. I, I don't think he's... I think what we've seen of him is is good and he's a good player and he's played well, but I think that's his ceiling. I think he's, what, 32 turning? He's not blessed with great... Yeah. Attributes, I don't see him being the answer for his in Europe. And if he is the answer, we have to, you know, question why we're not getting better. So, no, no disrespect to Aaron Moyes, an excellent footballer, but if you're relying on him to, to take his stomach at the Champions League last 16, I would be skeptical of the ambition there. In terms of the boy Odin, I don't know much about him. Um, don't even know if he's the first they signed, but he's a bit, he's I got a medical coming soon this is all according to this one Norwegian outlet that's been reporting the entire thing he's a bit of a Cal McGregor player so that could allow McGregor to push a bit forward he's the six progresses the play from the centre backs would you like to see Cal McGregor going a bit more forward again it depends on I, th- I mean I think I, I, I said that I, I like a water sitting deep with Cal McGregor further forward with either Hitati or O'Reilly next to him but it depends on the style of play again I think Brendan quite a lot of time played a double pivot. So you might find it's Cal McGregor, Iwata, with Sunday's a 10. You may find he drops O'Reilly back, who I think performed well there. I do think we, we can always look for good players. So it's well, you know, we say, do we need this boy Odin? Well, the pens, you might be, you know, the next Odegaard. He's, you know, we don't know. So if he's a good enough player, then I sign him. We, we don't know much about him. I think we always look to improve, but... I think in terms of the recruitment, and this is one thing I hope Rogers does, is I don't see the point of signing squad players. I've never saw the point in that. There's no point in signing someone as a backup. That that defies logic to me. We should if we're looking to sign a like a, a you know a traditional six, it has to be somebody that's better than McGregor. If we're looking to sign a midfield, it has to be somebody that's better than Otati or O'Reilly. Or sign a striker, they have to potentially be better than Kyogo. There's no point in sending guys as, as backup, so it depends where, where ambitious is there. And then just on the, the left-back situation, I think Rodgers will prefer Burnaby over Taylor only because Taylor's been excellent. He was my player of the year last season. In my part, I thought he was excellent. But he was excellent in the inverted fullback role. And he was excellent almost as a midfielder at times. He, he's no got the greatest recovery pace. And in Europe, that's where we're going to get caught. We need that extra athleticism. And I think Burnaby has that. He just won't get the greatest decision-making. But if Rogers can come in and coach him with those physical attributes at that level, I think you may find he might be... Pre- I don't know if he's going to be the answer at left-back, but I think you may see him starting more than Taylor over the course of the season. Could be about the wrong. Been wrong before. Probably be wrong in this podcast. It happens, but that's just that's just a theory I've got with him. Yeah, just on the squad players, I'm happy you mentioned that because I feel like that was part of a reason in the drop-off in form at the end of last season. People, they sort of give two arguments for that, whether it was a sort of disjointed squad with players being thrown in who haven't played an awful lot, guys like Kobayashi, guys like Alexandro Bernabe, or was it that Ange had had the talks with Spurs and that had filtered into the squad? There's a couple of arguments that people weigh up there, but just on the squad depth, 
do you have any sort of worries, Lloyd, about the depth of the squad? Do you think it's as good as we once thought? Because it was when those players started to come into the team at the end of last season that the team started to drop off a bit. Yeah, you've got a bit of concern. But just just going off the back of that kind of drop off, but they're ready to actually step up and get into the The thing with squad players is they should always be challenging the first 11. And if they're not doing it, then clearly they're not good enough to be on the team. And as Brian, as you rightly said there, we should always be looking to better our first 11. That's when players become squad players. Because if, if you're looking to buy quality in to replace your first 11, then your team's going to be absolutely fantastic. See this, buying squad players and buying cheap young players and then try to bleed them through and let their contracts run down. That doesn't do any benefit for anyone. doesn't do any benefit to the club. doesn't do any benefit for us as supporters because we don't get to see the players. And then obviously it doesn't do any better for the player's career. So these factors need to be taken into consideration when you're looking to buy squad players. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. There's a couple of other squad players. Hacks about it, which has been pretty highly rated by a lot of fans. I've been in the boat where I've not been completely impressed by him. He's had, he seems a bit like an impact player from the bench. Anytime he has looked good, it's always been from the bench. And then he earns the start from his performances from the bench. And then he just, he, he's flattered to deceive, as would be the word you would use. He doesn't really impress all that much, Jay. Do you think Hacks Banovich could be in for a big season? Perhaps a switch to playing behind the striker as his future on the wings? That's the thing. It's a, it's a conundrum, that one, for me with Haksabanovic. I want him to be the player that we really think it, that we really hope it is. But the way I look at it is, somebody mentioned it on the show, when we were dipping form and he was brought into the squad, that was his chance to take and he didn't really do it. For me anyway, but I, there's still glimpses. I don't know if there was a knock-on effect. Did they know Andrew was leaving and people's heads were down or... But if that was the case, if the new manager was leaving, you'll know a new one's coming in, he would want to play as good as he can, so the new manager would keep him. But I just think great players aren't as inconsistent as he's been. They'll have the odd off game, but then again, am I being too harsh? Has he had enough, has he had enough runs of games to show us what he really can do? But I'm agreeing with you, I think he's an impact player coming off the bench just now. And, but who knows, could be another one that Rodgers totally transforms. Yeah, Brian, you mentioned, you completely wrote off my Aaron Moy argument, but just on some of those sort of backup players that we have, do you think any of them could see a new lease of life under Brendan Rodgers? You mentioned Alexandro Bernabe. Do you think anybody else, we Jimmy's come in here just waiting on our goalkeeper argument, do you think the replacement for Joe Hart could be at the club already? We Jimmy's says he thinks Segrist has the potential to be a good signer. I think he was signed to be a backup and that injury's sort of hurt him. Do you think Segrist or anyone else sort of waiting in the wings could have a big impact under Rodgers? Well, so I, don't, I don't know about Segrist as much. I think he's a good keeper, but I think he's limited. You know, I don't know if he's going to be the answer for his moving forward. It goes back to that that, that thing we just mentioned. Are these, if, is there players in the squad that are backups that are going to take us to another level? I don't think Segrist would. I think he's backup. Um, Bernabe, I think his athleticism or something there. I don't know if he's going to be the answer long term, but I think I'd like to see it. Is Abada considered a French player? I think. Depends I your, don't know. If, your, I think he's a starting player who looks like he's been phased out. Yeah, I think maybe, it was all, all the agent talk that makes me think. The body language experts reckon he's off as well. Yeah. I think the um, I think Vata will be one to watch. I think he could come on well. 
Um, who else do you think? I've already mentioned Turnbull. Big Kobayashi, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's skillful with the ball at his feet. I worry about him in the physical aspect a wee bit. But again, he's only 22. You need to see how that works out. Ralston, obviously, Rogers gave me his debut. He got rin stuff. DSG, to be fair. But, it was killing um, Mbappe. You're killing Mbappe, but eventually see how he does. Um, so I think there's potential there. You make maybe Sorrow or Yeti and Johnson will come back and have a stormer. That's a joke, by the way. Comment section, I know you take the to sometimes. Um, I'm not going to say Mikey Johnson, though. Well, I think Johnson's an interesting one. Uh, the me, I think he's a they don't give him his debut beside Browson as well. Yeah. I think so, I. Aye. I, I, mean, I don't think he's going to take the club forward, but you don't know what Rodgers has got in mind. And that, yeah. this, is, this is why it's exciting as well, because these players that may be, maybe right now for don't fancy it. I mean, you talk about Haksimanovic there. We uh, action Manovic, as I call him. He is <laughs> on as well. And if, I mean, you might see him playing off a guy like O as a 10. I think that's his best position. And I think he's really skillful. So you've been interested to see how these things work out. So I think there's always opportunity there for everybody. And I think Brendan will see different things in different players at Antwerp. But I still think. If we, we really want to get to that level, we still have to sign a few key players, I think. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking. Kaiser's wearing here, Haxer's definitely an impact player. Brendan, very well, may be the man to get the best of him. Brendan, we know what he can do with players, and it was a very good point that you made about Mikey Johnson as well there, Lloyd. Brendan was the man that gave him the chance. Brendan, he gave these youth players a chance, not by injury. It was, I think it was a full 90-minute start Mikey Johnson got. St. Johnson, I think. Yeah, it was, and Mikey Johnson impressed. It was just injuries have absolutely plagued him. It was a, it was a debut for Republic of Ireland that sort of got people talking about him again. I don't know if a, a decent performance and a friendly against Latvia really makes you a Celtic quality player. Do you think there's maybe a second one for Mikey Johnson coming up, Lloyd? I don't think so. I think maybe maybe time to cut our losses with Mikey on that one. Yeah, it seems like. A lot of these players that have been out on loan, it's just going to be a case of getting them off the books. We thought that was going to be last summer's job, but it was just loan spells for them all. I think Albina Yeti, his contract will be up soon. Vasilis Barkas's contract was terminated, confirmed by Barkas himself. So it'll be interesting to see what approach Brendan will take with the transfers. I mentioned he will have the big money. We're used to Ange using his knowledge of different markets to get all these bargain deals Jerry, how do you think Brendan will approach the transfers? I think his knowledge of the English game will be very massive because he has the connections. It was his connections that got Scott Sinclair to come to the club in the first place. Is there any names or any markets that you think Brendan will be looking to sort of dip his hands into? Well, I'm hoping to be raiding his old team, but I'm a nightmare when it comes to the EPL. I lost interest in it for a few years there. Um, so naming the players from Leicester that I think would be any good or a possibility I don't know but he's definitely like I said earlier his network will be far wider now um, he'll, be, he'll be a better manager I don't know what type of players I'm hoping right here's here's what I think the best press conference will be okay Danny McGrain kicks the door open to the press room <laughs> to make way and in comes Brendan Rodgers holding the league trophy. We've got Moussa Dembele. He's got the Scottish Cup trophy. And then we've got the league trophy by Kieran Tierney. Boom, party type. But, but Jerry, who's got the bag of cans? 
<laughs> I hope they find this guy, dear my like I can't if he's signed by the way. It'd be absolutely brilliant. I can't, I can't stop watching that video. Watch it. Brilliant. Um, I think I if... sorry. Go on, Jenny, go on. Finish I was your point. Say, going back, I just want to touch on the Greg Taylor thing. I'm the same as you, mate. I, I hope that he can fit into the system and he can he can work under Brendan Rogers. Just, just for the sheer fact is that guy around that dressing room as well. And you can never just keep a player because of that. But see with all these interviews and everything like that, you just want him to get to that standard, stay at that standard so they can keep him because he's one of my favourite players in the team. And it's, I don't just go by quality. Just He's probably one of the, my favourite players that I've ever had around, not just because I share the same second name with him. But I think if so, you're going to reference Brendan Rodgers and Danny McGreen, you've got to do it in the Christmas advert. There's got to be some sort of reference to that in the in, in the Christmas advert this year. We've I got, think they might. I think they've got that good <laughs> sense of people that would do it. We've got Kaiser. He's been wearing on Jota here. If no way in anyone's imagination does Mikey Johnson out of Jota from the wing. I think Jota could be very interesting under Brendan Rodgers. Rodgers, he likes a very, very tricky winger. Rod, Jota could even have a similar sort of performance to what Scott Sinclair had in his first season. Uh, Bridie, what are you expecting from Jota under Brendan Rodgers? Well, hopefully, hopefully for him to flourish. Um, I think I think Jota's one of our undroppable players. I think uh, I watched the the podcast was it Wednesday with Big John and Patrick, and they were doing the list of you know irreplaceable account terminology like your, your top picks, players you with the mind staying, rescuing goal kind of thing. And I think Jota's in my top. But I think. Him, Carter Vickers, McGregor, probably Johnson. I think they're the ones you build the team around. I really do. I think I think Johnson's got potential to be that good. I think he will thrive in Europe. I know he was a bit overawed this season, but I think we had, I mean, Rogers coming in, a bit of confidence. Some other signings, I think you can see good things for Jota, so really looking forward to it. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Mieda does. So I, I get grief because I'm a wee bit critical of Mieda. Um, but I don't see him fitting well into Rogers' team, if I'm honest. I think he's not quite—he's not quite a winger. He's not really an out-and-out striker. He's perfect for Angie's team. I don't know how he'd be with, with Rogers. I mean, he's obviously excellent. He's elite level off the ball, but I, I don't think he's good enough on it. And I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. But he's a player that if he goes, I could probably live with. Um, don't want to sell him. But I won't be devastated. Um, but Jota, for me, is a winger that, that has to has to stay. Yeah, it was interesting you mentioned Maeda because in recent months he's been linked away. I think it's Brighton and Southampton have been the clubs linked with him. I don't imagine he would go to the Championship. I think Brighton would be a fantastic move for Dyson Maeda, to be honest with you. Because it, it would be interesting how he would fare in a Rogers system because I mentioned he's very much an Ange player. Ange's system is so unique and it's so specific that the players have to be tailor-made for Ange's system. Lloyd, do you think there's any players that could really struggle under Brendan Rodgers that absolutely flourished under Ange? I'm thinking Taylor Maeda. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking of, straight off the top of my head, just Taylor Maeda, because obviously he wouldn't be playing that. I think he has played inverted fullbacks once. I can't remember if it was in Europe or something like that with Leicester, but I think that was only one occasion. So Taylor would maybe struggle in that aspect because he likes his, his left-back bombing down the wing. But Taylor's strength is defensively, so that might go in his favour. And Brian, as you said once again, 
Maeda off the ball, not on the ball, sorry. That's kind of a worry for me under Brendan Rodgers when he does get appointed anyway. Maeda's got all the pace in the world to beat a man, but on the ball, he's just not... It's it's as if he's confident, isn't really there on the ball. So that's the aspect, I think, where Maeda would struggle under Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I think it's with Taylor as well. He's going to be mm-hmm. getting asked to hit the byline again. And that's, that's it's not Greg Taylor. And I think in the Champions League as well, teams really sort of targeted Greg Taylor. I don't know if it was just because of his height or if they saw him as a weak link, but a lot of teams would pace. would really mm-hmm. attack the pace. Yeah, that's one of the key arguments. But the, one of the main problems in the Champions League was the attack. Do you think, uh, Jerry, a winger, or you mentioned a third striker, do you think a new winger, someone that could finish like a badder could be another option? Yeah, especially all the doubt with Abada coming. I'd, I'd like to see some real pace, a bit of, a bit of flair as well down that wing. Um, the third striker thing is a, a definite when you spoke, now you've spoken about it because it just takes that one injury. You don't know if Brendan's going to be using two or one, usually one in it, but aye, we need that. We need the security, especially when you've got a striker like Kyogo that every single transfer window comes up, you know you're going to be fighting to keep him there. So aye, I'd like to see an extra striker in there, definitely. Players that are going to struggle under, I totally agree. Um, I hope not, but I agree with the Taylor and Maida. And a definite for me, and I hate saying it because I'm a goalkeeper, is Joe Hart. I love him. I love the guy, but I just think his time's probably going to come to an end under Brendan, even as a backup. We've got Paul Wayne from my balcony in Cancun. I think <laughs> Joe Hart will benefit. He won't be expected to retain possession within the defensive third. Moving on to hit the flanks for Joe and Abada Maida for quicker defence to attack. Transition. There's going to be a bit of differences between Brendan and Andrew's team, as I mentioned, how specific Andrew's style is. The final thing I want to really cover, Brian, what are you expecting the biggest differences to be between Brendan and Ange? Um, I think I think Rogers will tell a few more stories than Ange would have told. I think we'll focus on other thing, a few catchphrases, maybe speak about Spanish or show off his uh, his fancy wallets. Yeah, I don't know what I think. He'd be more possession based, so it's not going to be that sort of sort of rock and roll attacking all out, we never stop sort of stuff. Brendan Wright copy another logo, so I'm sure his PR team will be on that. But I think it'll be a bit more passing, a bit more controlled, um, and I think you see more tactical tweaks. I think he won't be as stubborn as Ange in terms of European performances. I think he'll tweak it accordingly a bit, but with the same sort of overall approach of being brave in the ball. Um, whether that's a positive or a negative. We'll never really know now because because um, the experiment was cut short. But um, yeah, I think be I think you see some differences in terms of the pace. I think it might be a wee bit of a drop off at first, given how exciting the football has been under Ange. Um, I know people say who's been the best manager since Martin Real. It's a hard one to answer, but I would say that Ange's football has been the best I've seen in my lifetime. I think, it, and that's going to be a drop off, um, but it will be effective. So it's just balancing that up in your mind what you prefer. I think the style of football is going to be really interesting in getting the fans back on side because the relationship, as much as some of us have come around to Rodgers again, that might just be because he's becoming the new manager. But what does it take for Brendan Rodgers to get you back on side, Lloyd? Is it is it a trophy? Will it be the first trophy? Will it be good performances on the park, winning games, an apology maybe? What, what does it take for Brendan Rodgers to get back in your good books? For me, just win. Just do what every Celtic manager does. Win. It's as simple as that. That's his remit as the job. Win the league. Do well in Europe and just win. 
it's always the expectations here that it's got to be success. It's, you think mm-hmm. Rogers will be thinking another treble, Jerry? What would it take for? What's it going to take for Brendan Rodgers to get back in your good books? Well, sign the contract, right? He's back in my good books as well. But I believe sign the contract, come in, do the job, obviously win. Um, I want to do a different spin on this Rogers exit. Right at the time, everyone was furious, we were raging. Why did he leave? Because the board weren't matching his ambitions in Europe and with the signing policy, which is the fans' ambitions too. He was was he speaking for the fans? Was he just being was his own ego, or does he really care about the team and the club? And thought, no, if you're not going to give me what I can get, I can't make this club grow anymore. I'm not going to be with a club I love while you just put a ceiling over my head. And he's gone away, and now. They're going to him and saying, right, well, here's what you need now. Here's that bigger European, uh, the bigger uh, transfer budget. We're going to take it more serious in Europe. If what we're believing is true, we're going to make the training facilities better. We're going to do this. We get 8.8 million for him. We're going to get him back for nothing. Stronger, better. And is he going to take us further in Europe? Should we be thanking Brendan Brendan Rodgers for leaving us last time? (laughs) Everybody's got opinions on Brendan Rogers, but as Lloyd said, the one common denominator is just win. Just win, Brendan Rogers, please. But thanks everybody for joining us. Our, our slot is up. Be sure to press like button if you enjoyed watching the four of us talk Brendan Rogers. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already as well. I've got a night at the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I was prepared as well. Oh well, I got it. <laughs> We've got the a night with Gordon Strachan at the Barrowlands Art and Design, 30th of June. There's still tickets left. Be sure to purchase those if you're interested. Here, a great Celtic manager talk. Thanks very much, Lloyd Patrick Jepson, Brian Degnan, and Jay Taylor for joining me on this Friday afternoon. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, Cheers guys. Catches. Network.